So we can see that even though we may be benefited by knowledge coming from Scripture, that knowledge alone, without the benefit and agency of uh, Shri Guru, will not be able to fully fructify. Some interesting uh, analogies were given in a series of lectures we just attended that explained that the Guru the spiritual preceptor, the teacher, he provides us with the the seed of our spiritual life in the form of knowledge in three divisions. Sambanda is that knowledge between the inner relationships of things, both on this plane and coming from this plane and going towards the spiritual plane. With that knowledge in hand, we may have sufficient impetus to try to go to that higher plane. So that specific direction as to how we can rise to that higher plane of spiritual reality, he gives knowledge as to specific ways that we can gradually remove ourselves from the ropes that bind us, those ropes are referred to as the modes of material nature, how we can be relieved from those ropes that bind us to this material plane of, as pointed out here, birth, death, old age, and disease, to that higher plane of our spiritual inheritance, Sambanda, Abhideya. And then there is that goal. What is our existence on that plane? What is our position on that plane? And that comes through Abhideya, through practice. Knowledge and awareness is awakened as to our true priogena, our true position on the spiritual plane. And this is a gradual process, but of great significance to us is the fact that this can be fully nurtured by sadhu sangha, by the association of like-minded spiritualists who are all aspiring properly Without what? A haitakiya pratiyata. No mundane, no business arrangement. Haitakiya pratiyata. A continual engagement towards that goal. That means every day there is some striving towards that spiritual goal. And as that striving continues, it gains a life of its own. And then it's pulling us along. Actually, it's pulling all the time. But in the beginning, due to our nature, we think we're the one doing all the work. But actually, the pulling is doing all the work. Our position is simply to surrender and let ourselves be taken through knowledge and proper conduct 
coming from the guru to that higher realm. Sadhu Sangha is the lifeblood of our, the soil of our devotional life. Without the association of like-minded sadhus who exhibit all the qualities of devotee. What are the qualities of devotees? The qualities of Krishna. The more devotees purify themselves, the more we see in their character those divine qualities of Krishna. And we begin to relish them more and more. In the beginning of spiritual life, a spiritualist only sees the quality of God in God himself. And all others he tends to dismiss. But as we advance in spiritual life, by appreciating the Supreme, our appreciation for every one of his parts and parcels is also manifest. With that, especially in the spiritual practitioners, those that are striving towards perfection and purifying themselves, they begin to display spiritual characteristics in their character due to their spiritual practice. And this is exemplified in guru. The guru is that person amongst our sadhu sangha that most perfectly displays through his activities how we should perform practice, abhideya. And by his good example, then our spiritual lives are nourished. That seed of bhakti is nourished. So sadhu sangha, never give it up. It is the key to our spiritual success. Nothing is more important than serving Krishna's devotees, those that are dedicated to spiritual life. So Bhagavad Gita, Prakriti Kriyamanani, Gunai Karmani Sarvasa, Ahankara Vimudatma Kartahamiti Majite. Spirit soul, bewildered by the influence of false ego, thinks himself the doer of activities that are in actuality carried out by the three modes of material nature. Majana Trimanandasya, Jana Jana Salakaya, Chakshun Militanyena Tasmai, Shi Gurave Namaha. It's born in the darkness of ignorance. But my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. Ahankaravi Mudatma, Mudha. Ass like existence. Vimudha. Ahankara. Our false ego, our association with this material body and all the various byproducts of this body, our work, our association, makes us an ass. In this world, we have an ass like existence. Everything is there. You know, the, the ass, I mean, look at the poor ass. <laughs> He works all day carrying the heaviest load that can be piled on his back with the stick, the whip, <laughs> whatever's required, constantly prodding him along. He's carrying this load all day long. 
for his master. Who at the end of the day gives him what? A handful of grass. The poor ass, he could just simply go out in the field and have all the grass he wants. But no, he carries that load all day long under the whip of the master and then accepts the same grass <laughs> for sustenance. What a foolish existence. That's what false ego does to us. When we relate with this material body, we accept this body as ourself and we work like an ass to satisfy the senses. So the senses are pulling us. Just like the, the noose around the neck of the donkey. They're pulling us along. Here, come hear this. Ah, come see this. Smell this beautiful scent. Taste this beautiful food. Touch this beautiful. So, the senses are our masters. And they're pulling us. They're, they're forcing us. They're making an ass out of us. At every stage. And sometimes we can see it easily in others, can't we? It's easy to see. Oh, just see that person so anxious to get ahead. Look at how they're driving like a fool. Oh, look at this man chasing out of these after all these women. Look at this man, this person taking all the drugs they can, thinking that'll make them happy. Not me. It's hard to turn and look in the mirror and see what's actually making me an ass. It's easy to see it in others, isn't it? It's like, oh, look, they're doing this. What an ass that I do. Look at this. Spiritual life means introspection. Spiritual life means that we try to see what's making me an ass. What am I doing that's interfering with the highest prospect of my existence? And this false ego, this false ego that I'm the doer, as Krishna is explaining here, such a level of foolishness. What is our existence without the environment? The environment that we're living in is in no way our creation. We can't survive a minute without the energy of the sun. We can't survive without water. We can't survive without air. We can't survive without our body. Who provided our body? Our ancestors. Our parents. We're coming down in a lineage of body after body after body. If your mom and dad had never got together, you ain't going to be here. You didn't even make your body. You certainly don't make the food that you eat. You may grow it. Did you make the seeds that produced the plants, that produced the fruits and vegetables that nourish you? No. Material nature is such that we think this is all because of my endeavor. We work under that assumption, never sitting back and never taking the time to see that 
Everything is being provided for us. And under the illusion of an ass, we go on day in and day out working like a beast of burden trying to satisfy the senses. So that's what Krishna is saying here. The spirit's soul, bewildered by the influence of false ego, thinks himself the doer of activities. We really think it's all because of my endeavor. And we don't take time to sit back and reflect that without superior arrangement through our parents, we wouldn't have our body. Without superior arrangement of the sun and the moon and the wind that blows and the air in the environment and the water that we drink and all the seeds and plants that nourish us, Without all these arrangements by higher authorities, by our true benefactors, without those things, what is our existence? The doer of activities that are in actuality carried out by the three modes of material nature. That is a beginning point. Krishna is making that. If we are truly serious about spiritual life, you need to see what's really going on. Understand that we're not the doer. We're controlled at every stage. And even sometimes, this reinforces the point, because there is a, a section of, of transcendental thinkers, and their philosophy is karma mimamsa. And what that means, karma mimamsa, means that they feel that everything that they do that is done results in good or bad karma. And that as long as you follow the right prescription, which is provided to us in Scripture, as long as you follow the proper prescription and conduct yourself according to that prescription, the result is automatic. Automatic. There is karma. There is a reaction to our activities. That's a sure thing. It's there. But it's dispensed by a higher authority. You may work as hard as you possibly can. But in the end, your business may collapse. You may do nothing. Simply scratch a little piece of paper that you paid $2 for. And all of a sudden, you're a millionaire. Well, then you'd say, well, that was prior karma and they're just enjoying the fruits now. And that wouldn't be a wrong statement. But in the ultimate issue, higher authority is always there. That is the key to our spiritual life, is taking advantage of that. What is descending from above, that is to our advantage. It is not always just automatic. Sometimes there is some higher intervention that gives us the real fruit of our spiritual life. And that a higher position is coming from Guru. What is Guru? Acharyam mam, yam. They're to be seen the same as Krishna. So the next verse. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, O mighty armed, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification, knowing well the difference between work and devotion and work for fruitive results. Yes. Can I ask a question? You certainly can. Seems like okay. We can understand that there is higher authority, and that uh, you know we are dependable 
on the on the sanctions from the abroad. Uh, you know, like you know, get the example of the air, and you know, we are not the producers, but nevertheless, we are the doers. We do some actions uh, which brings us, you know, particular results. So how we can how we can not see that that by by taking making choice of turning, for example, on the on the intersection to the left, mm -hmm. we will get on the left side of the town, not the, on the right side, which we are making decision, we are performing some action, and there is a result for it. So how we can say that, well, we are not the doers, that someone else is, you know, that higher authority is putting us in the situation on the left side of the town when, when you know, we decide to, to go to the left side of the town, not to the right. So how you know how you, how we can say that we are not the doers in this case? Yes, we're we're doers, but it's infinitesimal. It's some little bit of independence. But in the ultimate issue, how much doing can we do? I mean, really, if everything that sustains us that creates us, maintains us, sustains us, and ultimately annihilates us. If everything in those very important things is completely out of our control, yes, you have some limited independence. Just like a prisoner in, a, in the prison house, he has some little limited independence. It's very limited. Spiritual life means we are able to, to see the broader picture. What the verse is speaking to here is Krishna is saying that the mudha, he doesn't see the broader picture. He simply thinks him taking the turn to the left gets him to the other side of the car. He doesn't take time to step back and say, wow, if I didn't have the car, I wouldn't have got there. But then I bought myself a car. Well, you bought yourself a car. And who provided the resources for the car? Did you make the metals? Did you make all the ingredients that, that went into the car? What Krishna is pointing out here is the fact that we have to see the higher, broader picture and not be overtaken by false ego that puts us in the illusion that it's all because of me. We are a tiny fragment of the Supreme infinitesimal and we can effectuate some small cause but when we think this is all because that doesn't that i me mine that's what false ego ultimately ends in it's all circling around me it's all because of my endeavor and it all belongs to me that's the mentality the materialist that's complete false ego. Yes, sir. <clears throat> this is sort of what, in you know, uh, perfect questions, perfect answers, when Prabhupada's talking to, and he's talking about, Bob Cohen's talking, that was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's talking about science, and he's saying, Prabhupada's saying, yes, you can take the elements of hydrogen and oxygen, you can make water, but who provided that hydrogen, who provided oxygen, and beyond that, and beyond that, and beyond that, where these things are coming, that's basically what you're referencing, you know, Scientists on such a small level can take these two elements and put them together and produce what but the millions and millions, you know, let's say the ocean for example and the millions of 
parts it took to make that. Is that what you're... Yes. Spiritual vision means we look beyond that false ego. Material vision means we become wrapped up to such an extent that we can't see things in, in the proper light. And what does Krishna say later in Bhagavad Gita? Sarvasya chaham hridisa. I'm sitting in the heart. And from my position in the heart, I'm giving you the inspiration for all of your activities. You had a desire and I inspired you to fulfill it through knowledge, remembrance, and also forgetfulness. Yes, the soul has that capacity to have a desire, but without the sanctioning agent, nothing would happen. In this realm, that sanctioning agent is the Maya Shakti, Krishna's external material potency. Maha Maya. Karma and Iman, so they're atheistic, right? But they still like follow scripture. Yeah. But they don't. I mean, don't, do they know? Like they believe that scripture trumps all. And who's the scripture coming from, though? I mean, they may recognize that there's the supreme, um, but the supreme in their philosophy, they believe, has to abide by the laws of the scripture. He has no independence in this regard. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he's also subject to the modes of material nature. Mm -hmm. So that is their misconception. They don't see the complete independence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and those agents of his who come to this realm for our benefit. Because over and over in the Bhagavatam where people are offering prayers to Krishna, they're always, they always say, you're above the three lines of material nature. That's spiritual life. Yes. What are the three modes of material nature? Goodness, passion, and ignorance are the gross are the gross categories. Bhagavad Gita is going to tell us a little later in detail about those modes. You never find any one of them on this plane purely. So we see that even when there's ignorance, someone's intoxicated. Even when we see that, there's still a little bit of goodness there, a little bit of passion. So on this plane of material existence, the three modes are goodness, passion, and ignorance. They're all mixed together. They're integrated to some. You'll never find pure goodness in the material plane. Only when it's fully influenced by transcendence, descending energy from the spiritual plane, can we see pure goodness. We may see it on this plane, yes. What about in the spiritual plane? Do you still have the three modes or... No. Is, is that, no. It? that it? No. You, in the spiritual pray, plane, what, is, what are the, the primary ingredients? All these ingredients, whether they be on this plane of existence in the spiritual plane, are all energies of the Supreme Lord. Mm. On this plane, referred to as Maya Shakti, His external potency. So it's pretty much universal. It's universal energy. But on the spiritual plane, what's the, the ingredients there are not goodness, passion, and ignorance and all the material elements. What, what do we say? Pure goodness, transcendental goodness. Yes. So what is it? But, but the elements there are referred to as Satchitananda, eternity, knowledge, and bliss. 
again, shaktis of the supreme, his energies. Sandini, Samvit, Ladini. Those are the controlling forces there. On that realm, the controlling forces are ananda, bliss, eternal existence, and full cognizance. On this plane, what do we have? <laughs> well, you know. Simplified version. Simplified? <laughs> completely fried. Yeah. <laughs> Krishna goes on. He's explained what the mudas, what their consciousness is under false ego. They're thinking they're the doer of everything. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, O mighty arm, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification, knowing well the difference between work and devotion and work for fruit of results. So the work's going to look the same. The work is going to look the same, but it's not the same, as explained in the purport to the last verse. Externally, it looks the same, but one is for me, and one is without that desire, free of personal motivation. And that's what Krishna is speaking to in this 28th verse. If you're in knowledge of the absolute truth, if you know your spiritual position, if you have that wider vision, that wider sense of things, that truly I'm under control at every stage. If you have that knowledge, you don't get wrapped up in trying to satisfy those material senses which you truly have no association with. They simply are a means for you to perceive the environment. But if you simply serve them, you become ass. You work so hard. You work all week. You're addicted to the most popular music. At the end of the week, where does your paycheck go? To the CD shop. Well, not anymore. See, it used to be records. No, then it was cassettes. Oh, then it goes to downloads. Same thing. So your whole paycheck goes to Apple. We used to buy it on plastic. Before, I used to, actually the plastic was... Vinyl. No, there was something before vinyl. It was, it was harder. Stone. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had little bo- they had little cylinders with Stacks little notches wax. on them. <laughs> or pay- or then they had them on paper. You put the paper in your piano and it played itself. All you had to do was push the pedal. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is if you're if you're addicted to music and that's really all you all your energy, all your work as an ass gets you music. If you're addicted to your looks, all your energy goes to the hairdresser and and stylist and the uh, you know the manicures and whatever Botox treatments and your wardrobe. You know, let me look the best and have the best. Our senses grab us. We work like asses to satisfy the senses. Krishna's saying here, 
if you have knowledge, if you see the wider picture, if you're more than an ass and can simply go in the field and depend on the supreme, the grass is growing, just take. Everyone's being fed. But if you're addicted to the senses, you have to work hard. The songs are there in the air. They're free. You could come here. We chant every week. We'll sing together for hours. When we have good kirtaniers, they come in, they can sing, we can dance, sing and dance all night long. It's free sing and dance. It's there. Everything in this environment is there free. It's provided by the Supreme. But we're so foolish that we think we have to work like an ass. Why? Because we're addicted. I have to have all the music. I have to have all the wine and drink. I have to enjoy all the women. I have to see all the wonders of the world. I, I, I. False ego. False ego. Yes. I need it all. But truly you'll find that the saints and sages, the saintly people are enjoying life to the same standard of sense gratification that you are. And that's what Krishna is speaking here too. Don't work for your senses. The senses and the satisfaction of the senses will come automatically in this plane. We don't need to really work like an ass. Yes, sir. It actually seems like their satisfaction is far more. I mean, if you want to keep it so much simpler and they're not running after these things, they live in places that people consider poor, far more satisfied with their lives. And mm. well, it's karma-free. What is that referred to? That's the secret. That's the secret of spiritual life. All the materialists, they don't know this secret that the spiritualist is enjoying life to a higher standard than they are with much better music that satisfies the heart and enlivens the spiritual senses. The food... Who eats better than the devotees? <laughs> huh? The dress, the beautiful women. I mean, the young devotees, the young, they dress like gopis. The old devotees, they look so regal in their spiritual effulgence. What an enjoyment to be around Krishna's devotees. The prashadam, the sounds of the music and the philosophy. We're here watching a little box trying to suck out some energy from shows are just boring. <laughs> and here we are, we can listen to these great scriptures and then liven our heart and, and purify our mind and senses. How much better is that? Huh? How much better is that? It, it relieves us of anxieties. Relieves us, yes. Of being an ass. <laughs> that anxiety is ass-like existence. Who wants to live that? So one in knowledge, he doesn't go for sense gratification. He's in knowledge. And there's a secret of spiritual life that his enjoyment is on a higher plane. He's, he's enjoying his senses. And he's enjoying his material senses better too. What an what a amazing thing. Why? Because those material senses that were being used for sense gratification are now being used for spiritual enlightenment. So they're much more satisfied. They're enlivened. 
Bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached. That's one side of the equation. But the wise should not unsettle them, although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. And there's an exception to this rule. Krishna has saying here, just leave them go. Just leave those in ignorance in ignorance. But Krishna's devotees, thankfully, we're so thankful that they go out of their way knowing Krishna's heart to try to shake us from our ignorance, to wake us up. Krishna is saying, now let, let, let those that are in ignorance, those that are trying to enjoy, those that are under the influence of false ego, don't become overly concerned but Krishna's devotees, they go out of their way. Krishna gives them that special potency to do that. So we can discuss that more next week. Are there any other questions? Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you, all. You're welcome. And again, my congratulations to you who dedicated yourself made some commitment.